Hey, welcome to the Graceful Warriors podcast. This is where faith meets fortitude. I'm your host, Monica, and I'm here to walk this journey of life with you. But hello, we have to do it one step at a time. So I am inviting you to join me as we explore the art of gracefully navigating the challenges of this world while staying true to our beliefs and embracing that warrior within. God is calling the body of Christ to rise up. So if you are ready to rise higher and embrace his light, well then warrior, this podcast is for you. Grab your sword and let's dive in. Well, good morning, Graceful Warriors. I'm so happy that you're here. Hey, I'm your host, Monica, and I encourage every listener to walk their journey with God with grace and grit. And you're like, grit? What's the grit? Well, the grit is sometimes we've got to take our high heels off under that gown and lace up the boots and go to war, right? Amen? Amen. For it's we wrestle not against flesh and blood, right? But against Every dark force, strongholds, principalities, you guys know the verse. So, hey, we've got a great Bible study today. I hope that you stick around. We are talking about what is it like? Why do we go through those wilderness moments when it just seems like it's all quiet? Where's the Lord? You know, what did I do wrong? We often go through those feelings. And so um, we are looking at this study today and just hopefully sharing the biblical answers on why we go through that. What do we do in those times? And will we ever come out? The short answer is yes. Yes, we will come out because God does not leave us in that state. So um, stick around for this episode. It will be encouraging to you. It was for me doing this deep dive and study, and I was just like blessed through it. To even look back at my times of going through the, those desert times and, or wilderness times, you know, it's known by so many different things. And it just made me go down memory lane and just going, you know, wow, I remember going through that. I remember this and how the Lord just rescued me in those times. So um, we're going to be looking at that today. So I hope that if you are a first timer here, welcome. Uh, there are so many episodes that you can look at. I have a playlist. If you were to go to my page on Captivate, and there's a link in the description on my own web page, we have two playlists on there. And it is one the most favorited episodes by our listeners. We they have created playlists where they have there's more downloads of these episodes than anything. And so we've created the listener uh, playlist and then I've created my own going, hey wow, I loved these episodes. So if you want to jump on that, down at the bottom in the show notes, you can click on my Captivate website and that'll take you to my homepage and you can go ahead and um, look at all of the different episodes in there. You can look at the um, the playlist that I was mentioning there, the, the listeners playlist and then the host playlist. And then also, hey, if you 
go ahead and subscribe. There are three positions on my page where you can follow for free, free. I mean, what, what better way to do is free, right? If you get on there um, and snag one of those free spots on my page, you will have um, notifications. Every time I release an episode, you'll get a notification and you will be able to go ahead and watch or listen. You'll be able to listen to that episode. And then guess what? Anything that comes out bonus where it's specifically for the members, will you guys get that? So right now they are getting twice a month for all of the members that come on and subscribe. They get twice a month an extra Bible study. It's only like 15 minutes where we just read the scripture, talk about it, and how to apply it to our life. Not long, just give you something to think about that for the day, right? And so that comes to you. There are behind the scenes um, studies. You can get that. So, um, and if you would like, you can subscribe to the other ones. There's other tiers where you say, hey, I want to support this podcast. And um, your dollar donation will help go uh, back into the production costs of these podcast of the, all of the episodes, everything that I use to look up for study. So, um, take a look at that and, um, hit the subscribe button. If you're listening on Spotify, I see you everybody. Hello, everybody on Spotify. Thank you for following. Thank you for listening. I see you on good pods. Hello, brother. I see you, the Tobinator on there. So, uh, thank you. I want to say thank you to our, our two members, that are supporting this show. Uh, Jake, who is out there in Missouri, and then Miss Gloria. Miss Gloria is over there in Texas. So we want to say thank you. Your support helps bring all of this out there to the people. So shout out to you, you too, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. So, all right. And I want to say hello to my, uh, my hometown listeners in St. Mary's, Idaho. Hello, uh, Miss Victoria. Thank you for listening in on the podcast today. I love you. And um, I will see you in Bible study, girl. And uh, so that's what I do, everybody. Hey, if you want a shout out, you can go ahead and subscribe and join. And we will even do a shout out of if you have a website, a Christian website, Christian business, sign up. And instead of charging you to give that shout out of your business, by you supporting, I will do that for you and give a shout out of your website. Look it up and even do an ad for you. So, you know, it's a support. It's a support team effort, right? You support me, I'm going to support your business and hopefully help you draw business to yours. All right. And draw customers to your business, right? So you can see that sunshine coming right in on my window. So hopefully that doesn't bother everybody that is watching this. All right. So let's get to the study today. The beauty and the wisdom of the wilderness season in life. You know, it's just, oh my gosh, it is, it is a time where you're, you feel lost, you feel abandoned, you feel 
like, I'm going to turn this so that way we can hopefully steer. Hopefully nobody comes into the office. They know I'm in here recording. So that way it kind of gets that glare out of there for you guys, right? So the beauty and wisdom of the wilderness season in life, you know, you're like, nobody likes the wilderness season. How do you see the beauty and wisdom in it? You know, but trust me, it's there. You know, we, we often go through that, that tough time in which the believer endures the testing and, you know, the discomfort, the trials in life, right? And it's often times of intensified temptation, spiritual attack. It can involve financial attack. It can involve emotional drought season. Having the wilderness experience does not necessarily always mean that the believer is has sin in their life, although it can because sin separates us from the love of Christ. But that that's a call to repentance. That's like turning away from him. Make things right with the Lord. Come back, right? And so there's often that time where in that wilderness season, it almost feels like the echo in the prayer closet of, hello, hello, hello. You know, it's like, Lord, where are you? You know, and I even did an episode on that, you know, help. There's an echo in my prayer closet. So, you know, I would encourage you go look up that episode if you have that echo in your prayer closet. And I just encourage you to listen to that study. And hopefully that will help you get out of that prayer closet. What to do during those times, right? So I have a lot of notes today. Lots of notes. So if I, those of you that are watching, as I'm looking down, I'm making sure that I'm saying it correctly as I learned it. So um, I'm not reading a script. I'm reading my notes, right? Okay. All right. So um, let's take a look at this. Um, it can feel when we go through that wilderness separation from from the Lord God um, you feel like you're distant it's almost feel like you were dropped off in the wilderness and the Lord hightailed it out of there and said yep you're on your own for a while I've been there I know boy do I know what it's like to be in there you know and but let's take a take a look at some things in the word of God and then I'll share with you during my time of being in that wilderness and what I went through, what my thoughts were, and how I graduated out of that wilderness. All right. So the first thing I want to look at, example number one, we've got to go there. Warriors, you know, we've got to look at the Israelites, right? The Israelites, I mean, that is both physical and spiritual as far as they went through their their desert or their wilderness time frame right but even looking at they they failed both times when they went through the wilderness physically they complained you know they didn't see that their shoes didn't wear out they didn't see that their clothes were i mean they went through it 40 years can you imagine wearing your shoes for 40 years i mean we're like 
all right, a thread's coming loose. Um, my buckle is loose on my boot or an eyelet came out. We throw them out within what? Six months. We're throwing it out. We're buying another one. Oh, there went the sun. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and, um, can you imagine, but their, their clothes didn't go out for full, their clothes or their shoes. They didn't, they lasted. They didn't get old. They didn't tear. They didn't break. They, the soles were good for 40 years. Girls, I don't know about you, but you know, it would be time to hit JC Penney's way before 40 years, right? All right. So because of their complaining, you know, because they were, they were, it was, it was not enough to receive manna from heaven. It was not enough that the Lord sent quail to them. It wasn't enough that they saw water from a rock. I mean, oh my gosh. You know, some of us were going like, if, if the Lord gave me manna from heaven, if the Lord gave me quail, uh, you know, every morning and water from a rock, oh, I'd be in heaven. I would never complain. We often say that, but what do we do, you know, in that wilderness time frame? Now remember, we're in our wilderness. So are they. They are physically in their wilderness. We are talking about spiritually in our wilderness. And, and yet, they had everything that they needed and wanted back in Egypt, back at their, their, their masters, their slave owners, right? The ones who own them. And, but they had to worship the gods of the owners. They had to bow down to that, but they're like, oh, so what? We had, we had vegetables, we had fruit, we had wine, we had lamb, we had this, we had that, you know? And here we are in our spiritual wilderness. It can be just like that. Oh, son, it's coming back out again. Um, it can be like that. When we were like, man, when we were with the Lord, when I heard his voice, you know, I was worshiping. I was praising him. I was, uh, you know, I, I felt his presence around me. When my home, when I'm driving to work, you know, whatever it is. And now it's quiet. And what did we do? What did, what did the Israelites do? They complained and complained and complained. What do we find ourselves doing? We complain in the wilderness, in our spiritual wilderness, right? So what did they do? Let's take a look at, uh, and just so I can get to it faster, just for the sake of the study. I'm going to use my Bible app um, so I can just kind of look them up real quick for you guys. All right. And so I want to look at a couple of verses. We know that the Israelites in the Red Sea moment when they were complaining during their desert time, whoo, that's, that, that is so bright. Goodness. For those that are watching this video that's um, or listening to the podcast, where that sun is shining through my window and it's like blinding, like, oh my goodness, right through my curtains. All right. So I want to go to real fast um, uh, to the Old Testament. I'm going to go to Deuteronomy chap chapter eight. Deuteronomy chapter eight. 
and I'm going to go to verse, uh, verse two. And it says, and I'm reading from the NIV. All right. And it says, remember how the Lord, your God led you all the way in the wilderness, these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. So he, he led them through it. This basically gives all the answers to this entire study, everyone. It basically is saying he led us in the, in the way in the wilderness. Why did he take us in the wilderness? Why does he do that in the spiritual sense? Looking at it in this perspective, right? Well, he took us in that wilderness, in that desert season to humble and to test us. Why does he want to humble us and test us? Well, the Lord tells us in this one verse. Well, he does it to know what is in your heart, what is in my heart, whether or not you would keep his commandments, whether or not I would keep his commands, all right, his commands. Um, and then verse three, it says, that's just verse one. And he gave us the answer. He told us where he led us, why, uh, what is in there. And he told us why he's doing it. In verse one, the entire answer, right? Let's go to verse the next verse, verse three. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So even then, if we were to even think about that, you're like, wow, we basically cannot take credit of going through our wilderness season. That, that we can't do it by ourselves. We have to do it on, on the word of God that our this word is the only thing that's going to bring us through because the word is Jesus, right? And so the word will bring us out of that wilderness season that it wasn't through our own doing. It is only God. And then it says in, in verse four, it says your clothes did not wear out and your feet did not swell up during those 40 years. Can you imagine walk? They walked day and night whenever the Lord told them to move. Goodness. Last verse. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. When you think of like, well, I didn't do anything wrong. You know, all of a sudden I don't hear his voice. Why am I being disciplined? Sometimes the discipline is a good thing. He wants to, I want to mold you like this a little bit more. So I'm going to put you through over here in this testing. And I want you to be disciplined in going this way now. I let you this way for a little bit and you saw that I will hold your hand in this way. But now I want to move you over here and I want to discipline you in this way because I want to test you. I want to see if you will obey me. So discipline's not always a bad thing. You know, we, we are correcting our children through discipline. Yes, when they mess up, we are correcting them. But with the Lord, sometimes discipline isn't always bad. It's a training up. You know, we train up our children in the way they should go. 
we tell them, look, when when you cook, you have to stay at the stove and watch your food so it doesn't burn. We are training them for things. Look, when you take off in your car, you don't hit the gas pedal without looking behind you or in front of you. We are training them in different things. So it's the discipline that we are doing that can be looked at as training. I hope that makes sense because it, it did for me when I looked at this. All right. Okay. So here's my second example. And we want to talk about a wilderness time, that desert time. The, the number one example that I thought of while doing this study was in the Old Testament. I have two in the Old, two in the New Testament. So that way we can't say, well, Monica, all your proof is in the Old Testament. No, guys, warriors, I found two examples in the Old, two examples in the New. All right. So that way it balances out. It's the word of God. We're going to find our answers there. So my number one person besides the Israelites, can you think of him? Man, he went through a wilderness time. He had everything taken from him, right? Wives, his, his, all of his cattle, his sheep, his sons, his daughter, everything, property, everything. Who is it? Yes, if you said Job, you're right. Job, Job went through a testing. And we all know the story um, that if you are believers, you know the story. There was the conversation between God and Satan. And here's an interesting thing. I was talking to one of my friends about the testing time period. And she had said, you know, when, when the Lord brought Job up saying, have you considered my servant Job? Notice that he didn't bring somebody up that would not pass the test. He could have brought up anybody during that time frame, but he brought up Job, who was known among the men at the at the city gates. He he was honored among them. Um, he when he walked amongst the kings and princes, it says that. They all held their tongue for respect for him. He had a beautiful wife. He had much, much riches. And Job even talks about it in his book, Job. And so short version, God says, have you considered my servant Job? So Satan says, hey, you've got your, your hand wrapped around him. He's protected by you. Of course, he's going to honor you, but you know, you, you take that protection away. I bet you he'll curse you. And so there was the deal. You know, God said, fine, go do it. But notice he said, go do it because he already knew Job's heart. He already knew that Job was going to pass the test. That was his wilderness time. And who knows how long it was. We see the whole conversation of Job's so-called friends coming to him and trying to say, well, you know, you got to repent of this. And what did you do? And, you know, God's disciplining you, you know, all of these excuses that all of the friends were given. And, but Job still remained faithful, all of that. 
you know, and I, and I was thinking here, I was thinking about this. I was like, man, what if I went through that like severely and I had to call up my friends and I'm going through all this and, and all of you came over to, to encourage me. What would I hear? Would I, would I in here, let's pray, let's praise the Lord. Or would I hear the, the condemnation from friends or would I hear, you know, what did you do? You got to confess. And, you know, I often think about that and it's important too to even think of those things because the word of God says that iron sharpens iron. So a friend does the same thing, right? That's what we're supposed to do. And so I think that it's so important to find those friends who stand firm in the word of God, who don't falter from it, who don't listen to the world, who can take your hand and say, yes, I serve the Lord with you. I stand on the word of God with you and believe the same things with you, that if it's not in the word, we're not going to follow it, who has a, a strong walk with the Lord. Those are the people that you need around you to encourage you during those times of the desert or wilderness season, as we can call them. And so Job goes through all of this, right? And we know the end result, how Job passed the test, but he, he, he had a lot of questions for the Lord, just like we do in that desert time or wilderness time, that season. We have a lot of questions. Why am I going through this? Where are you? What sin did I not confess? I was there. And so uh, at the end, he makes it. You know, he is rewarded for not, not cursing God, not saying he's abandoned me, not saying anything that would sadden God's heart, break God's heart. The Lord ends up rewarding him for all of that, right? All right, there's my two, my two examples in the Old Testament. So, hey, we're going to take a quick 30-second break, and we'll be back right after this. So, hey, we are talking today about the beauty and the wisdom of the wilderness season in life. And if you're joining us right now, hey, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to this study. We're just talking about, hey, the two examples that we have in the Old Testament of people that went through that desert time frame in their life or that wilderness time frame in their life. And we looked at the Israelites as an example. And then we also looked at Job as an example. We looked at a, you know, many people together as they went through, what did they do? Notice that there was no encouragement of it. But here's what I also found out uh, just now thought of when I was going to my own Bible study to add to, to these Israelites is that 
in my women's Bible study uh, at, at my my own church, we are deep diving into Genesis, and we were looking at Abram. And what was very interesting is that when we started talking about some scripture that referred to the Israelites in their wilderness time frame, as I looked at it as like this, and I was like, wow, you know, so um, this, is, this is my brilliant idea, guys and gals, is that when we look at the Israelites and their their wilderness time frame, their their desert time, right, is that as they were going through that, they did not know um, what was going to happen. They didn't know where they were going. They were just following Moses, right? But and, and they were going through everything, complaining through everything in the physical. But Moses had insight, spiritual insight of what God was going to do. Moses was speaking to him the entire time. And he was going, we need to do this. He kept following the spirit of God and, and listening to the voice of the Lord and moving forward. And he had to tell the people, you know, to follow, follow him because he was following the Lord. Just the depth of going, wow, here's where you can be. Can we be like the Israelites and complain and not look at things in the spiritual realm? Or do we want to be like Moses and look at it in the spiritual realm of going, okay, Lord, where are you taking me? What do I need to learn here? Speak to my heart. What, or not what, but, but look at my heart. Examine me. What do I need to bring to your altar? you know, drawing close during that wilderness time frame. But the, but the Israelites didn't want to do that. But Moses was doing that the entire time. He was going and meeting God face to face. And we have to do that in our wilderness or desert time frame. Is we have to go and meet God face to face. Come to his altar. And so here's my third example. Let's move over to the New Testament now. And look at the, the number one example out of all of these examples is our Lord and Savior, Jesus. It says that the Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted in every way possible, right? And, and it even says that, let's go to, um, I want to go to Mark. And I'm going to Mark chapter 12. And we're going to go to uh, one through three. And it says, um, when, when he came, oh, wait, is this the right verse? No, this is not the right verse. Um, that's talking about the vineyard and all that. Okay. Um, I have the wrong one down, guys. So forgive me for that one. I wrote the wrong reference down. It was a totally another one. So, um, but remember when, um, Jesus was, was tempted, um, the spirit, here's the difference between us and the Lord is that when Jesus went, got baptized, the spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted. And then that's where we know about how the enemy tempted, um, and basically took him to a representation of each kingdom 
within the Lord's earth, right? You got your the plant world, the animal world, mankind, all of that, and um, powers and the rulers, everything, the kingdoms, all of that. And he just wanted Jesus to bow down to him. But Jesus used the word of God to rebuke the enemy. And it's the same for us. You know, we're going through that time. There is that spiritual attack where in the testing, the enemy will seek to destroy us. Seek to go, hmm, see, God abandoned you. See, he said he'll never leave you nor forsake you. But where is he? Where is he here? Then you start going, well, psh, what's the point of praying? What's the point of reading? I feel like I'm just doing it or my, my prayers are bouncing off the walls, you know, in, in your prayer closet. And so then it's starting to feed all of those lies. But we can't do that. It is that still small voice where the Lord wants you to be quiet instead of the complaining, where is he? I don't, you know, all the things that we can say. I don't hear him. I don't understand. Now I can't understand my Bible. Now worship just seems totally off. And, and we start, we're complaining just like the Israelites. But if we stop and be quiet, you know, what comes to mind, what I was reading, doing this study is that, uh, you remember when, Elijah was the last of the prophets. And um, uh, who was the king? Was it Ahab that came to Jezebel and said that, gave her the report, even though he was the king, gave Jezebel the report of how Elijah went and killed all of the king's wicked prophets. And so Jezebel sends a note over to, to Elijah saying that, you know, the, her God strike her dead if she doesn't do what he did to all of her prophets, right? And so Elijah gets scared and he, he flees and he goes running into um, a cave. And he was like, Lord, take me now, you know, that she's after me, you know? And, and so she, he hides away in, into the cave. And um, well, in that, the Lord sends an angel during that time of the wilderness. The angel of the Lord comes to him and wakes him up and he says, eat. And there's a loaf of bread that has been cooked on the stone. You know, can you imagine, you know, waking up and the angel just brought you homemade bread from heaven, you know, and here's, here's a jug of water. Yeah. You're just like, wow. And so the angel of the Lord does this to him. What? I think two times. And he needs to feed him and nourish him. And he goes for a 40-day journey to where the Lord tells him to go. And I can't remember the city where he takes Elijah to, to go do the rest of the mission. Well, during that time, he goes and he's hiding in this, uh, in this cave. And the Lord tells him, um, wh what are you doing here, Elijah? Why are you hiding in this cave? Come out and go to the mountain and I will pass by. And so the Lord, Elijah goes out to the mountain to where he tells him to meet him. The Lord passes by. And this is so relevant to what we're talking about is that Elijah goes by and uh, 
or not Elijah, the Lord passes by him and Elijah doesn't know it. And all of a sudden it's like, then there's a strong wind. Then there's the, the, the rocks split open. The earth splits open. There are all the different things that are happening because the Lord walked by and it was the, you know, the after effects, you know, the tremors that happened after the Lord walks by. But it said that Elijah was looking for him. Well, is, is he in that earthquake? No. Was he in when, where the rocks split? No. Was he in the windstorm? No. And sometimes we're looking for him. We're thinking that this is where the Lord is. This is where the Lord is. And we're searching. And even though, yes, the word of God says, if you seek me, you will find me, right? But sometimes, and what Elijah found out is that he had to be quiet. And then he heard the still small voice of the Lord. And that's where he knew this is the Lord God Almighty. And he even covered his face and trembled. And um, so it is in that time. We've got to make sure that we are looking in the right spots. And sometimes we're we're trying to find out, well, where's the Lord? I'll go get online and look for this. And, and I'll start watching these podcasts over here or these preachers over here. And they may not be right. And so we start feeding ourselves all of these things that that's not where the Lord is. The Lord lives in us and it's humbling ourselves before him and giving him the time to speak. And you're like, well, I've waited, but I don't hear the Lord. And it's 20, 30 minutes later and I'm not hearing anything. Be patient. Are you going to be patient in that time and wait for the Lord to speak when he wants to? There could be something in, in your heart or even in my heart that we have to silence or make right. And it's asking the Lord, examine me. Pull out the things that don't please you. Bring them to, to the forefront that I can confess them and make them right with you. And um, then we can hear the Lord's voice. Okay, so we know that Jesus was sent to the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, right? So it is, it's, God, it's God's will that in those times of testing that, that come our way to also remember that we are never without God's grace. If we didn't have God's grace, we would all just be wiped out because there's no perfect person, right, on this, on this planet, Right? We've all come short of the glory of God. We all have sin in our lives. So remember, you're not alone when you go through these times. It's just you're getting ready to graduate into something deeper. And that's what I wanted to bring up too is that, oh my gosh, if you are going through a desert time or wilderness season, whichever you like to call it, the Lord says, wow, I have brought you this far. And you know what, warrior? It's time to graduate, son or daughter. And so I want to put you through this last test. Will you pass this test? Will you follow me? Will you search me out? Will you be quiet and listen to my voice? Will you honor me no matter what it costs? Will you do that? And, and we could quickly say yes, but slow down, warrior. Listen to what he says that he wants you to give up. Are you willing to give that up? 
those things that may mean so, so much to us, like our family, our spouse. Do you love him more than your spouse? Do you love him more than your children? That you would obey the Lord in a decision that would cost you your family. You know, because you never know the cost. Are you willing to pay that cost that the Lord wants you to, to, to pay? That's the test, loved one. All right. What is the reason that we go? Well, we kind of covered it. The Lord already gave us the answer. It's the humbling, right? He wants to see if you will listen to him, if you will obey him and all of that. Like he, like he said um, in, in Deuteronomy, right? All right. So the reason for these trials. Here we're going to look at another one. Here's another hero of the Bible, Paul. I love Paul. Paul is so unfiltered and he just says it how it is, right? I love Paul. I love Paul and I love David and I absolutely love Esther and her bravery and Deborah are my favorite, right? So let me know in the comments who your favorite um, Bible heroes are. And you know, when we go to heaven, we're going to be able to meet them. But you know what? Here's another thing. And this is just totally off, way off in left field. You know, we... We we can't wait to go to heaven to meet the heroes that we have looked to in the word of God. But to think of it this way, when we are the last church and we are getting ready to go into the battlefield and you're like, they are watching. There is a great cloud of witnesses and they are going to be saying, what was it like to be in the last battle? And they could look at you and go, ah, oh, what was that? What's this? How did you get that? And instead of going, you know, remembering the wound or maybe how we died or something, you're like, ah, oh, let me tell you about this one. Man, this was a great story. 15 people accepted the Lord, but I lost my head in there. I lost my arm. It was cut off, you know. Or whatever, you know, just as an example, you know, and you're just like, ah, oh, let me tell you about this. Man, they told me to deny Jesus and I wouldn't. And that was the slice. That's a metal. I did not. I did not deny Jesus, you know, and it's just some of those things. I think about that and I was like, wait a minute. We're the last church, the battle. They were the first church. The stories that we're going to tell each other, you know, the fact that they walked with Jesus, the fact that we had to walk by faith. What was that like to walk by faith? You know, so you're in your testing, you're in your desert, you're in your wilderness time. What are you going to say? What did you learn in your wilderness or in your desert? You know, that's the test. And so I want to tell you, warriors. Paul says that the reason for these trials, and we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 4. And I believe it is uh, verse, verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 7. All right. And it says here, Check this out, warriors. Listen to this scripture. Why 
are we going through this? What is the reason for these trials? That's the question, right? Here's our answer in the New Testament now. But we have these treasures in jars of clay to show, here's our answer, warriors, to show that this all-surpassing power is from God, not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair. You're kind of going, hmm, why are we here? Why am I here? What happened? You're not crushed. You're not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. You're being persecuted by Satan. You know, the, the, the trials and the testing of your faith. But you're not persecuted. You're not abandoned. Struck down. You may have been hit, hit a blow by the enemy. But warriors, are you going to get up? You're not destroyed, right? Only the testing. Can you take a hit from the enemy? And what will you do? Will you stay down defeated? Or will you lace up those boots like we talked about? And will you grab that sword and say, I am heir to the kingdom of God. And you take that sword and you battle rattle to the enemy, right? The testing, man, the testing, you know. And then it says, uh, verse 10, we always, always carry around in our body the death of Jesus because we died to the flesh, right? So that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body, right? And um, so it's the testing of our faith. How are you going to come out of this? Remember, you're not, you're not persecuted. You're not abandoned. You know, it's the testing. Here comes the test. What if I hit you like this? What are you going to do? You know, what did, what did Job do when he got hit? You know, yes, he he was in that sorrowful, oh, why am I here? This just like a lot of us do. But he never cursed God. He never abandoned his faith. He always stayed true. You know, he was human, just like you and I, but his faith was strong. And that's why the Lord said, Have you considered my servant Job? Because he knew his faith was strong. And now look. You're in your testing mode. You're in your wilderness. You're in your desert. You're not abandoned. You're in a testing mode. Congratulations, you're in this, right? And you're like, how can you be happy about this? I am going through all of this misery and you're smiling and you're saying congratulations because I've been there. And that is where I found the Lord in the desert. That's where you have to stop and you go, because I can't see anything because it's so dark in there, in that desert, in the wilderness. It feels like you are abandoned. It feels like nobody else is going through it. But trust me, warriors, there are many that are going through it. I have begun to look at it as a time of, of promotion, you know, as, wow, Lord, I've come here. I'm not going to be on baby food anymore. I'm graduating to, 
to the meat and potatoes. I'm graduating to a to maybe some chicken, and then the Lord's going to graduate me to maybe some spare ribs, you know, and then he's going to graduate me to steak, you know, and lobster as far as like looking at it as far as the word of God, you know, going deeper and deeper where our feet can't touch, you know. So it's in that time we cannot, we won't walk alone. We cannot walk it alone and, and be victorious. Like Paul says, it is, it is because of, of the Lord. It is, it is a time of God ordained testing. It's a time when you have nothing else that will be there, uh, but God alone will be the one that you have to turn to worship, seek him while he may be found. There's going to be a time where we, the world is not going to be able to find Jesus because he has taken us and he's gone to be with us right? Then there's nowhere on the planet where the Lord is. And that's where the judgment and all of that stuff goes on. But that's a whole nother one, right? All right. So I got to move on because I'm, I'm, I know I'm running into almost an hour, but it, this is great. I hope you're learning something from this. I am really learning a lot. And here's one thing. I want to bring this up to you. You know, the same God that created the garden is the same God that created your desert or wilderness. Think about that. He created everything. He created the test. So the same God is the one that's with you in the test, right? That same God created it. He created, oh man, I, I yeah. There will be times of trial and the pressure, right? Our faith will, will be tested in this time. But the God of grace will meet us even in the wilderness, right? So what do we do in that season? Well, we've talked about it all throughout. We've given examples. We pray. You pray and you seek him and you be still and know that he is God. Listen for his still small voice. Worship him. Our worship draws us draws the Lord to us, right? So if we are worshiping the Lord God Almighty, he will draw close to us. And guess what? There is a cheat answer on how you find the Lord in your wilderness, right? <laughs> Worship the Lord. When he says, "You, if you seek me, you will find me. Here's a hint. Go worship the Lord in your wilderness or your desert. Worship him he will end up drawing close to you. And then you could just bear hug and go, I got you, Lord. And I am not letting you go until you bless me, right? And uh, let's look at a couple of verses that will even uh, talk about this a little bit more. Let's go um, over to the Old Testament and let's go to um, Isaiah real quick. Uh, I know we're running on an, uh, close to an hour, um, 35 and we're going to start um, in the ver in verse one. Check this one out, warriors. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom like the crocus, I think is the word. It will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it. The splendor of Carmel and Sharon, they will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen the feeble hands. 
Steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong. Do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you, warriors, in your desert and wilderness. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool, the thirsty ground, bubbling springs in the haunts where jackals once lay. Grass and reeds and papyrus will grow. Papyrus, papyrus, however you say it. And a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor, nor any ravenous beast. They will not be found there. But warriors, only the redeemed will walk there. And those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. So what do we do in that season? We praise him. We praise him with everything that we have. And look what it says. That the Lord will come for you. All right, let's look up um, Hosea. You're like, Hosea? Hosea is a very prophetic um, book. But we're going to go to Hosea chapter 2. And we're going to go uh, down to verse 14. All right, I'm trying to hurry and get through this, uh, warriors. And um, I hope you're learning from this. It really blessed me in that desert um, wilderness time frame um, of how to get through it. How to, how to how to keep my heart and my mind right, you know, and it's also the renewing of the mind in the word of God daily, right? All right. Verse 14. Therefore, I am now going to allure her or you. I will lead you into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her or to you. All right. So you have to listen to that still small voice when you're in that season. All right. And let's go. Um, let's go to Psalms 63 uh, verse one. And then um, it says, you, God, are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. So see that right, right there. That's what you got to do. You have to earnestly seek him, long for him, to draw close to him. Seek him out as your love. You know, remember your first love. Remember how it was with the Lord. And go after him like that. You couldn't wait to hear his voice. You couldn't wait to get into his word and soak it up like a sponge. Go back to your first love. Seek him in that way and you'll find him. All right. All right. So will you come out? Yes, you will come out of it. 
um, if you graduated this test, you will come out with a refreshing of love towards him. You will come out with a renewness of mind, renewness of heart, renewness of spirit. There will be like an awakening in your spirit towards the Lord. You have passed the test. It's well done, thou good and faithful servant, right? If you have passed the test, if you have stayed the course, if you have listened to his voice, if you have drawn close to him, like with the whole, look at Psalm 63 again, earnestly did you seek him? Did you thirst for him? Did your whole being long for, for him? If you've done those things, then guess what? He's going to reach out and take your hand and pull you through and say, you did well, my servant, you did well, and you've passed the test. All right. All right. So will we go through it again? Of course, we're going to go through it again right? We're going to go through it again. And is the intensity going to be more or less? Well, depending on your relationship with the Lord and where, where like you're at with the Lord will be like the testing of how, how intense it is. What is it that the Lord wants to teach us? You know, it's, or what is the Lord wanting to step you, step you into? What does he want you to to grasp, you know, if, if we were to know the intensity of every test, then it would be no test, right? It's just like in school when we take tests, well, how hard is this test going to be? It's going to be like two, three questions. And it's like, you know, 50 points a piece or 70, 25 points a piece or whatever, you know, um, only God knows the type of test given. And if we knew that answer, of how hard the next trial it is, we would, we would be cheating, right? We, there would be no growth in it. There would be nothing to learn. Our relationship would become stale because we're just like, Oh, I know this. Boom. There it is. That's what I'm supposed to tell you, Lord done deal. Okay. Next, you know, there is no testing of our faith of our, of stepping out for him, the testing of our faith, right? Um, and the Lord sees the hearts. He sees the hearts and he knows how to test us. So we come out as refined as that diamond, you know, the, the refining fire. That's what we're going through, the refiner's fire. And when we come out, we'll be that shining diamond because we have been with the Lord. We have been tested through that. So when the enemy comes in like a flood, Seek the Lord. Stay close to him. Have this at your side. So when those trials you come, you could flip it right open and say, the word of God says this. And the word of God is my sword. All right. And believe me, you're not going through it alone. You will come out beautiful. Right. So finish your course. Finish the race that is set before you. Don't give in. Don't let go. Remember, there is light at the end of that tunnel. There is light at the end of that wilderness. There's light at the end of that desert time frame in your life. Keep going, warrior. Keep going. Don't stop. Get back up. Learn to worship him at a level you never have. You know, um, Jeremiah it was so interesting. Jeremiah 33 Three, 
says to, to come to him and ask him things. And he will tell us of great and unsearchable things that we have never known. So go through your testing. Look forward to getting to the end of it. Spend that time with him. Learn to worship him in a way that you never have before. And if you haven't accepted the Holy Spirit as far as the baptism of him and the evidence of speaking in tongues, pray for that. The Lord will give it to you. All you have to do is ask and he'll give it to you. All right. And then you can use that during your wilderness and temptation or not in your wilderness and your testing, not temptation, you know. So I would encourage you. Draw close to the Lord and he will draw close to you. And I hope this study encouraged you. I hope it gave you some answers of, hey, I'm in my wilderness, but you know what? I know what to do now. I worship and I draw close to him. I seek him in the word of God. I strengthen my prayer life. You know, if you don't know what to pray, you know what? I didn't know what to pray either. My prayers were terrible. And what I started doing is I started grabbing the word and I started even with the simple thing of praying Psalms 23 and it, and I started understanding what does this mean? And, and so when I started praying it, I would ask the Lord, what does this mean as I'm praying it? And he showed me, I remember complaining during my times. I felt like the Lord was far away. I felt like, see, I'm going back to the religious aspect of my life when I just played church just to keep my parents off my back. And that's how I, I looked at it when I was first going through my wilderness time frame. But I have a friend that is a good Christian, solid with the Lord. And she began teaching me, you have to seek the Lord. You have to worship him. You have to draw near to him. And so that's what I'm telling you, because guess what? It worked for me. You have to cry out to him. You have to seek him. You have to long for him. You have to thirst for him. You have to look for him with everything you got. Until you hear your answer, your still small voice and be still and know that he is God. All right. So I hope that blessed you today. And um, give me a thumbs up, um, give me a review, hit those, those like buttons. Let's get this uh, episode out there. Let's get the analytics going, the algorithms going, you know, and I hope that you are blessed today. And remember, you are my battle axe and sword, says the Lord. With you, I will conquer nations and kingdoms. And that's Jeremiah 53, 20. I think it's 50 or 20. I forgot. <laughs> so until next week, hey, we have a great one coming this Friday on Coffee Break with God. Hey, we are interviewing Kelly K. The episode is releasing this Friday. Kelly K. You don't know who Kelly K is. He's a big time social media influence. He was a ex rock tour manager for Nickelback. Um, Richard Marks, Red, and a bunch of other big rock star bands, right? Something happened to him that made him turn his whole life around. And now he's an associate pastor. He tours around evangelizing. But you know what? He's not accepted in most churches. And we'll find out why. So don't miss it. This Friday is Kelly K. 
on Coffee Break with God. Until next week, have a blessed one, everybody. Well, as our time together comes to a close, remember, my fellow graceful warriors, that the path of faith is a journey with constant growth and transformation, as well as challenges. But stay strong, stay courageous, and let your grace shine bright as ever. If you found inspiration and guidance in today's episode, be sure to subscribe to Graceful Warrior on your favorite podcast platform or even on my page here at Captivate. And share the light with others who are seeking God's path of faith and strength in their own lives. And until next time, keep your hearts open and your spirits abound.